Hi again, everyone, and welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Investment Podcast, your first, your only regular audio source for all things related to the world's second biggest property investment market. In this episode, we'll start to break down the actual property purchase and management process into all of their nitty gritty, annoying little details. This episode and the following episodes will be packed full of actual tips and tricks that'll make your life a whole lot easier. So do pay close attention. Okay, so the first thing to understand is that, as we've mentioned time and time again, the Japanese as a rule are absolutely terrified of dealing with foreigners, even if these foreigners speak, read and write Japanese fluently. There are some bigger companies, especially in Tokyo, Osaka, Niseko, and wherever U.S. Army bases may be, places like Yokosuka or Okinawa, where there are some companies, again, specializing in serving foreigners. The only problem is that working only with these companies directly would greatly limit your selection of locations, properties, uh, services available, fee structures. So the best thing to do is get yourself local representation in one way or another. Now, this representation can take a few forms. And the type of representation that's right for you would depend on where you are physically, on how comfortable you are with your knowledge of real estate investment generally and real estate investment in Japan specifically, and also on how big your plant portfolio is going to be. Now, if you're physically present in Japan, you've got a local address, a local phone number, a local bank account, and you're comfortable with your knowledge and experience in all things related to the Japanese property market, then all that you probably need is just a Japanese uh, face or entity to present to professionals and companies that you're going to be in contact with. In that case, a Japanese friend, a Japanese spouse or family member with a little bit of time on their hands might be enough for you. The amount of time this person will need to invest in this uh, endeavor depends on the size of your portfolio again. You can use them as messengers or go-betweens. You can give them clear instructions, tell them exactly what to say or write, and that might be about it. If you're comfortable with your level of knowledge but you're not physically present in Japan, you'll need somebody who can do a little bit more than that. So they'll need a local address to receive postal items too because most Japanese companies and government agencies will never post anything overseas. They'll need a local phone number, because again, most Japanese companies and government agencies will not call international phone number. And most of the work here will be done over the phone. Email communications are not exactly the norm here. They do exist once a relationship has been established, but for... um, small updates or decisions that need to be made, a lot of this is done over the phone. So definitely not going to be done in English. So again, you'll need somebody who's available and has a local phone number. And you'll need a local bank account to receive your rental income into and make payments out of. And as we've discussed, opening local bank accounts for uh, foreigners who don't actually reside in the country is near impossible. So your local representative in this case needs to be able to provide all of these facilities for you. Another reason that they need to be physically present in Japan is because many of the services and fees that you'll be using are not payable via internet banking or other electronic methods. Even if you do have a Japanese bank account, and in many cases, 
someone will need to physically go to a post office, bank branch or convenience store just to pay a bill. Now, this level of representation is not normally something that you'd be asking a casual friend to do for you, unless that friend happens to owe you big time. So you'll need either a very close acquaintance who can do all of this, and obviously somebody that you know and trust, or you'll need to hire a part-time worker. Now, a good place to find these types of part-time workers are in international university campuses, um, there are various correspondence websites and forums on the internet where there are people, normally these would be uh, young university graduates or students or possibly retirees, people who have some spare time and are looking for experience in international relationships of all kinds. The Japanese, as we've mentioned, are by default quite trustworthy, but of course if you're going to be using somebody to collect your rental income for you or otherwise trust them with your money, legal, legal documentation, etc., you want to make sure that you've got a binding legal contract in place with them. You can find free templates for this type of contract online, various legal websites, and then just edit them to suit your needs. The thing to uh, pay attention to, of course, is that whoever you end up hiring whether it's a part-time university student or it might even be a full-time employee of your own company, they'll probably not know much about property investment. So it's really very, very important for you to be able to instruct them correctly and to make sure that they clearly understand all of the jargon used. This jargon can be used by you, which might be in English, or by the companies that you'll be communicating with or that they'll be communicating with on your behalf, and in that case, it's going to be in Japanese. You also want to make sure that whoever represents you is fluent in Keigo, which is the Japanese word for professional business language. Japanese vocabulary used in casual and business situations is very different. And you also want to make sure that they've got some experience in business situations generally, because there are a lot of official, um, even ceremonial practices that need to be followed when dealing with Japanese companies. And the bigger the company, the more important these practices become. This can range from things like the polite way to address a company rep on the phone, how deeply to bow when meeting them in person, how to present a business card in the correct way, how many meetings it's normal to have before starting to work together, things like these that if your local represent representative has never been immersed in Japan's corporate world, they may still not be aware of how to do, even if they are native Japanese. Now, to bypass this um, training requirement, if your portfolio is going to be big enough to justify, you can also use what's called a virtual office. A virtual office is a company which provides you with a mailing address, with a phone number, a receptionist to answer calls, and basic office services like uh, opening, scanning, emailing post items, paying bills, uh, receiving, sending funds between local entities and your own accounts overseas, etc. This type of virtual office service normally costs a few hundreds of dollars a month. So again, it really depends on how big your portfolio is going to be and on what types of properties you're going to have in it. Now, this last option may be more suitable for people who already have a few years' experience in Japan's property investment arena and are comfortable experimenting with different types of employment, remote management, etc. Now, for the rest of us, 
which is the most of us, people who are only just entering this market for the very first time and who are not physically present in Japan and who do not speak, read or write the language. Or even if you are physically in Japan, you can speak, read and write the language. You've got the experience, you've got the knowledge. You maybe just don't have the time or the will to do all of this on your own. In that case, the best option for you may be to use a buyers and proxy agent, someone like ourselves here at MTI, people who specialize in representing foreign entities in all aspects of their portfolio management, uh, can conduct research on properties, due diligence, negotiate deals, uh, sign documents, conduct and attend meetings, everything that we've already discussed here and that we'll continue to discuss later on. And the most important advantage is, of course, that companies such as ourselves live this market on a daily basis. So we can help guide you based on your own individual circumstances and investment criteria. We can provide advice, recommendation. We can utilize our existing contacts and networks. And generally speaking, we can maximize your profits, minimize your expenses and risks, and reduce the amount of time that you'll need to manually spend in maintaining and fine-tuning your portfolio. Now, services of companies like ourselves are normally priced based on a percentage of the purchase and rent amounts, so they're easily scalable, and they'd normally give you the benefit of a one-stop shop and a single point of contact for everything related to your property portfolio nationwide. Additionally, we can provide you with full access to the entire market as opposed to working directly with specific uh, realtor offices or property management companies, etc., which are usually either city-specific or area-specific, or they might prefer to work with their own pool of properties and professional services companies. So take, take the time to figure out which type of local representation here in Japan is suitable for you and for your needs. And don't be afraid to experiment contact various types of people, contact various companies, get an impression and an idea of how professional they are and how much their services will cost, what types of services they can provide for you, and most importantly, tune in next time when we'll discuss the first step in starting your property investment journey, the art of building and maintaining relationships. And until then, happy investing.